You know, we've been in a series on when you're going through hell. A lot of people are going through difficulties. And today I want to talk about something because all of us take one thing with us when we're going through difficulties, and that is our attitude, our mind, our spirit. And so I want to talk today about this because many of us are just consumed with worry. So today I want to give you a message that is straight to the point on how to not worry. Doesn't that sound good to leave relieved of worry today? I believe that many of us are burdened with this. And so it used to be kind of a thing that, that women dealt with almost exclusively. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think a lot of men are consumed with worry today as well. And so it's just something that we all can be consumed with. And frankly, the most worryful generation today is young people. They're growing up with fear and anxiety like never before. So this is something that really affects everyone now. So I'm excited about bringing this message and I pray it brings you relief because whether you're going through something or not, we are always coming in and out of crisis. All of us are. So our attitude and our spirit makes the difference with whatever you are going through. So I'm excited about talking about this today. Did you know that when you worry, there's a hormone released in your body that's a neuropep, it's called neuropeptide Y. This, this hormone release in your body actually blocks the ability for your bloodstream to block pathogens that are dangerous and unhealthy for you. In other words, you're literally making yourself sick when you worry, when you catastrophize. You ever heard the term catastrophize? This is when you turn everything into a possible catastrophe. Here's how you know you're catastrophizing. What if this happened? What if that happens? Can I let you in on something? 99% of your what ifs will never happen but yet we're consumed with the what if it does happen. So I wanna give you today six different things you can do to overcome worry. You guys ready to go? Cause I'm ready to dive right in. You guys ready? All right, let's do this. The first thing to keep in mind when it comes to worry is to admit the futility of it. Frankly, it just doesn't make a difference if you worry or not. Look what it says in scripture, Matthew six. It doesn't make a difference in the situation is what I'm saying. Matthew six says this. So which, of, which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life? Like when you worry about your marriage, does it improve your marriage? When you worry about your kids, does it change their behavior? When you worry about the economy, does it turn the economy around? When you worry about world events, does it change world events? No, it doesn't. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing we can do. There are some things we can do. You know, I, instead of saying, I can't do anything about what's going on in Israel. No, we're supporting that. When you give to Church Unlimited, did you know you're helping with Israel? We just talked about that a moment ago, about the difference we're making in helping people who are hurting. And so we are making a difference. But beyond that, unless you take up arms and fly to Israel, what else can you do? Pray for them, do your part, but then trust the Lord. And so watching another hour of news is not going to help the world situation. So, but we'll do one thing, it'll cause you to worry, be filled with anxiety. So I just wanna encourage you, I'm not saying don't be up with events, but at some point you have to learn to let it go. And so we have to admit there's a futility to worrying. It just doesn't really change the situation. And so what do we do if we're worried? Philippians 4 tells us, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know what his peace does? See, here's, here's, there's a great exchange happening. You give God your worries, he gives you his peace. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Here, God, take my worries. He gives you his peace and his peace is like a force field. It's like, whoom. I have a force field now. You come to me with the word, just boom, it bounces off. It's like I am protected. Why? I have God's peace in me. And here's the great thing about God's peace. It doesn't come when you get through the circumstances. It comes while you're in them. You can have peace without even having a problem solved yet. 
You can have God's peace. In fact, we, we get consumed with worry. You know, one of the things we worry about a lot is money. A lot of people are very worried about money. I, I understand that concern. I worry about money in my family. Sometimes I worry about money with the church. But then I have to learn to trust the Lord, to trust that he has us in the palm of his hands. In fact, in the scripture, there are things we can do and things we can't do. But here's a wonderful thing that God gives us about worrying about money. I don't know if you've ever caught this before, but the Bible says to bring a 10%, the first 10% of all we earn to God. Now, I want to be real clear. 10% to God does not mean a tenth. It means the first tenth. So the first 10% of all I earn goes to God. Sometimes people think, oh, I tithe. But, but my, my question is, do we really tithe? Tithe means 10%. It doesn't mean a tithe is not a gift. It's the first tenth. In fact, actually giving doesn't happen until you go above the first tenth. Because the first tenth, God said, that's already mine. You're just bringing me back what's mine. When you give above that, now you're giving to God. So it's really just obedience. I'm just supposed to obey God and bring him what's already his, right? Look what scripture says. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now the storehouse means God's house. Did you know you're not tithing when you give to charity? Charity is great. I give to charity all the time. Giving to your church is actually not charity. Yeah, I may, they may call it a charitable contribution at the IRS, but actually this is a storehouse. Giving to other charities is what you do above after you give your tithe to God. And so, and my wife and I do give to other charities, but we'd never consider that our tithe. The first 10% goes to God's house. So it says, there, then there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heavens, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. That sounds like a good problem to have. You're like, what do I do with all this money, God? How many of you guys like to have that problem, right? Then it says this, try it, put me to the test. God says, try me. What God is saying is, I'm not a liar. So if you will bring the tithe, I will bless you. This is, God says, I command the tithe, but when you tithe, you command a blessing from God. And he says, I will deliver. I don't know about you, but I'd like to live blessed. I would rather live on a blessed 90% than a cursed 100%. Any day of the week, right? So I want to tell you something. I don't worry about money in my family anymore. You know why? Because I tithe. Because look at the next scripture. It says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. God says, I will guard what you have. Now in today's economy, I'm not so concerned about getting, getting, money, getting something back from my money. I'd like to get my money back. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about getting interest off my money. I'd like to make sure I have my money left. Because many times our 401k is turning into a 201k. You know what I'm saying? You're like, what's going on, God? God says, if you'll give, I'll protect what you have. Can I let you know something about rich people? Some people are like, man, I just, if I had money, I wouldn't be worried. Actually, rich people are worried too. They're worried about losing their money. So either way, whether you're worried about having enough money or worried about losing the money you have, if you'll begin to tithe, God says, I'll cover it. He says, I'll cover the rest. You can trust God. So here's a great exchange. When I bring my first 10th to God, I don't have to worry about the other 90%. God makes it multiply. And here's the great thing. If you begin to do this, your, your, shift, your shifting worries goes from this. It goes to your concern being, Am I, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Then your concern becomes, what should I invest in next? That'd be a nice worry, wouldn't it? So believe it or not, a lot of our financial worries are because we're living cursed. So I don't say this to get money from you. Those are, you're just trying to get people to give to the church today. You know what? Tie it to another church. God will still bless you. That's fine. Give the tenths to another church. I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get money to you. And when you tithe, God says, I'll bless you. So... Give your worries to God in prayer 
If you'll do that, watch God bless you, give your resources. He will bless your resources as well. Number three, find something to be thankful for. This is so important. Nothing changes your attitude out of worry like thankfulness. Now, there's always things we could be worried and concerned about. It's one thing to have a concern. It's another thing to have it dominate your mind. And so instead of letting it dominate your mind, let thankfulness dominate your mind. The Bible says this, always be joyful, never stop praying, give thanks no matter what happens. God wants you to thank him because you believe in Christ Jesus. Notice that thanking him, even if you can't find anything good, you can always say, well, I'm thankful for Jesus. He's with me. No matter what you're going through, there's people going through what you're going through without Jesus. You have the Lord to carry you. And aren't we thankful that Jesus is with us no matter what's going on in our life? He will never leave us. Praise God. Scripture says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, good plans for you. God's saying, I have good things in store. So even when you're in the middle of a bad thing, you gotta say, God, I know you've got this somewhere. The reason you let this out in my life, there's something good coming out of it. I don't know what it is yet, but I wanna thank you in advance because you got something good coming from this. God will use everything in your life to bring about good over time. So find something to be thankful for. Let's practice this right now. Turn to the people on your left and right and tell them something you're thankful for right now. Go ahead and do that. Just turn to them. You may want to say you're thankful for them. Nothing wrong with that. Single guy sitting next to a girl like, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you too. Just giving you an opportunity. Church Unlimited, ring by spring your money back. That's how we roll. A lot of singles around here. Single and ready to mingle. So, I'm thankful for you. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful to get to be your pastor. I get to pastor the best church in the world. I'm thankful for you. I mean that. Thank you. I'm thankful for all. There's so many. I'm thankful for this gorgeous blonde here in the front row that I get to be married to. She walked in and I was like, dang, you're looking hot. Hottest grandma I've ever seen. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Woo. That's, I agree. I agree. Listen, we have so much to be thankful for. Always focus on what you're thankful for because what you're saying is, listen, what you focus on, you get more of. When you focus on what you're thankful for, you get more to be thankful for. When you focus on your worries, they tend to multiply too. So I want to encourage you. The Bible never says, oh, magnify my problems. It says, oh, magnify the Lord. God, I'm thankful for you that you're in charge and even when things go bad, you're still there. You got me. I know you'll take care of me. Be thankful. One of the things I like to do is I create a list of thankful things. And so I have a journal and I'll just write, if I'm struggling, I'll just say, God, I want to thank for my family, thank for my wife, for my kids, I thank for my health. I just start writing, thankful for my church. Whatever you're thankful for, just write it down. You may, you know, maybe you're complaining about your car. Say, God, I want to thank you for my car. It still drives. Lord, I want to thank you. How about this? I'm thankful that all I got to do is fix one thing and it'll drive. Could have to fix 10 things. I'm thankful for my job. You, You know, some people don't have jobs. I'm thankful that, does your job have air conditioning? Mine does. Thank you, God, that I get to work in air conditioning. Some people don't. Oh, I want to thank you that I can go to work. I want to thank you that we have an economy, even in our, even in our bad economy, it's better than almost the whole world's economy. Our bad economy is better than almost the whole world's economy. Our bad economy. Someone needs to get thankful. We are thankful for all that God has done for us. Now, here's a huge one. Get above your worry by waiting in the presence of God and others through worship. This will change your life. This is the power of worship. Look at this. It says in Isaiah 40, it says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love how it says you shall mount up with wings like eagles. What does that mean? Did you know that eagles, 
have a, a known arch enemy called the crow. The crow just pesters eagles. They just like to pester them. Eagles are twice the size. They could easily turn around and just kill the thing. And I'm sure that happens on occasion. But normally they don't. Normally eagles do something else. You know, crows are always picking at them, always bugging them. But a crow can only fly at about 1,000 feet. But an eagle, eagle can fly at two to 3,000 feet. So you know what eagles do? They just simply go higher until the crow can't go anymore. Can I let you know something? There's always crows in our lives. We all have some crows. Please don't point across the room. That's rude. <laughs> but we all have some crows in our life. Maybe you got a crow at work. I need to tell you something. If you change jobs, there's crows at that job too. You change churches, there's crows at that church too. You change town or zip codes, there's crows in that town or zip code. You got a neighbor that's a crow. You're gonna have another neighbor if you move. I I'm, I'm just telling you right now. Doesn't matter where you live. Gated community just means they gate the crows. They're still in there. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. So we all deal with this a lot. There's always someone driving you crazy, but the way you overcome it is not by getting rid of them. It's by going higher and worshiping, saying, God, I worship you. I'm in your presence. I'm going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. So we have to go higher. Now, this is important. When we worship together, you get relief, you get encouragement. You know, this is why people, when they leave, oftentimes will say, oh, pastor, that's just the word I needed today. Well, I didn't know that. God knew that. You just came and just being in God's presence is a huge difference maker. And I wanna say this, you're watching online, we're glad you're with us online. We got a lot of church and living people that are part of our online church. Thank you for being here. But if you're anywhere near our church and you don't have a physical reason you can't be here, why don't you get up and come to one of our campuses? Because there's, there's power in the presence of God and his people. It's really true. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt you out, I'm not trying to do that. We're glad you're with us. But I just wanna encourage you, if you're near one of our campuses, you are missing out on community that we have with one another. Isn't it great to be in God's house at all of our different campuses? There's power in that, there really is. Hebrews 10 says this, you should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. That's one of the biggest reasons we meet. In fact, the people who really figure this out are people who understand the power of being in a life group. Getting with other people to encourage one another, to be there for one another is a game-changing thing. And we got all kinds of different life groups. In fact, here's just one example. Check this out. Hi, I'm Justin Barker. I'm the owner of Strong Arm Mixed Martial Arts Academy and the leader of the men's group, The Holy Rollers. I got married at 21. I had my first kid at 23 years old and I decided to get into mixed martial arts to empower myself and build my self-confidence and ultimately protect my family. Church Unlimited has been speaking to me for a long time. Their unorthodox approach to bringing people in and saving them just, just touched me, touched my heart. Leading a men's group to me is an honor to be able to provide a place for my fellow brothers to be able to talk about their problems and things they may be facing in their everyday life that they normally wouldn't talk about. To give men a shoulder to lean on, someone to turn to and talk to about their problems, including myself. Men these days face a lot of trials and tribulations with uh, sin and temptation, and I just figured that a life group where we could get together and talk about the Word of God would help us all out. You get a lot of support from one another, and it's just great for the soul. Mixed martial arts and jujitsu, grappling arts, it definitely builds your mind, body, and soul. It's all about building each other up. It's all about making us strong as a whole. It's our life group. It's not my life group. We are the Holy Rollers. 
And to me, it is a clubhouse and it's for us to have fun and share stuff with one another and, and build each other up. You know, it's not just all about one person, it's about everybody. Start your journey in Christ and start your journey in, in mixed martial arts and just build yourself up with the full armor of God. Men should come join the Holy Rollers because we will build you up, we will give you someone to lean on, and we will help you get motivated to be a better man, to be a better uh, servant of God, and just all around be a better person. And we'll teach you some cool fighting techniques as well. Isn't that great? Justin grew up in this church. It's neat to see the next generation rising up, having kids of their own now. He's, got a, he's a great business owner, great guy. It was fun. He was at the 830 service. He was down here. He was, he's Wolverine today. He's dressed up. So he's got these knives coming out of his hand. And he was worshiping God with these huge knives sticking up. People were <laughs> behind him were like, what in the world is going on? I love that he's a great guy. But you know, I love that. And I want to talk to the men for a second because men are the ones who typically are resistant to life groups. They think, oh, I don't want to go join some Hallmark sappy therapy group. No, that's not what life groups are. You're going to find there's dudes just like you in the group. When I go to my life group, typically guys kind of get together and we start huddling around talking. And we're talking about fishing and sports, all kinds of stuff like that. A lot of times the ladies kind of talk their own thing. And then we eventually all get back together and have a time together. But I just want to encourage you, you're going to find people are just like you. But here's the great power of where worry makes a difference, about, about making a difference in your worries. Is when you get together with other people, you realize they got problems too. In fact, a lot of times you'll say something like, man, pray for me. I'm dealing with something with my, one of my kids. And someone else in the group is saying, oh yeah, we had that too. Here's how we got through that. And it'll really help you. And then there'll be a time when someone else will come in your group and they'll be like, I'm having a struggle with my kid. And you'll be able to say to them, oh yeah, I I've been there too. Here's what we did. And so you can encourage one another and you realize your problems are not unique. No offense, but we all have the same problems. So if you're struggling with depression or you have a health issue or you're having a problem with your marriage or with your kids, let me tell you right now, that's not unique. All of us have those problems. And when you get together with other people, it halves your problems. The, the weight is, is, is cut in half because you have other people to support you. So I want to tell you right now, a life group is a shock absorber for life. It helps you go through the bumps in life and get through it together. Please take my word for it. I'm in a life group. It's changed my life. It can change yours too. Get in a group today. Aren't we thankful for our life group ministry here at Church Unlimited? We are grateful for them. Yeah. Join the group. It really can make a difference. Did you know penguins actually live in temperatures, they, they can live in temperatures of negative 60 degrees. Think about how cold it is. That is crazy cold. And their average temperature is 102. But they always huddle together. They get together, right? They're all <laughs> bouncing around. And they huddle together. And did you know they've actually measured the temperature in between penguins when they're all huddled together? And it's, it's an average of 70 degrees and the middle of negative below zero degrees. Isn't that crazy? So there's, there's strength in numbers. They get together and they stay warm. You never see a penguin alone. No, 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 they stay together. And so it, it holds their warmth together. This is the power of a group. When you get together, you're getting together with some hot Christians, some people that are close to God, right? And so join the life group, because here at Church of Limited, we got a lot of hot Christians, okay? So <laughs> I just want to tell you, there's strength in that. We warm one another up in a cold world, because we we're facing some tough elements, aren't we? And so we need each other. So I want to encourage you to do that. Stick together. It really can't make a difference. You know, just the power of coming to church, 
Also, I want to encourage you. People say, I want to walk with God. I want to get deeper with God. That's where just being consistent makes a difference. This next series I'm excited about, we're going to help take you deeper in your faith. We're going to be talking about conversations with Jesus. What would Jesus say to you and me about today's problems, about what we're facing today? Don't miss this new series starting next week, Conversations with Jesus. Very, very excited about that. The fifth thing I want to encourage you to do is this. Trust that God is in control. It's so easy to think, Man, I, I, my life's out of control. I'm spinning in all these directions, but actually God is still in control even when we don't feel like we are. It says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You know, it's been a long time since my wife and I've had a baby in our home. But recently, we have been able to babysit our granddaughter, our first grandchild, little Everly. She's adorable. She's the cutest baby in the world. I know you have a grandbaby, but ours is cuter. I'm just telling you right now. I will argue till I'm blue in the face on this, but she is gorgeous. She's perfect. She's sinless for now. And uh, she is amazing. We, we have so much fun. About once a week, we get to babysitter. We have so much fun. But I've learned something about the little Everly. Like when I hold her and cradle her like this, looking at me, she doesn't like it. She doesn't want to do that. She wants to look around. So when I lift her up and turn her facing other, when I face, face her out and I hold her like this, she wants to look around. She's got FOMO. She wants to see what's going on. And then when she really gets a little fussy, I get up and I walk her around and I'm touring her. I'm just walking around the whole, I'm like, here's our house, here's our bathroom. And she just wants to walk around, right? She wants to be in control and know what's going on. But when I turn her towards me and she doesn't feel like she's in control can see everything, she, <laughs> and I thought, what a baby. <laughs> see, one of the ways you know you're being a baby is if just because you're not in total control, you throw a fit. Don't we tend to do that? Oh, wait a minute, I'm not in control. God's in control. And even when little Everly thinks she's in control, really, I'm still holding on to her. I just wanna encourage you when you feel like that you're in control, you're really not. God's still in control. So even when things seem out of control, things you can't control, God still has the world and he has you in the palm of his hands. You don't need to be worried because God's got you. Trust in the Lord. He's taking care of you. We can trust God. He really does have you. Did you know that the Bureau of Statistics tells us, I don't know who studies this, but someone does. The Bureau of Statistics tells us that if you've driven or been in a thick fog, a thick fog, a seven block fog that's covering seven city blocks, that's 100 feet high, which means you can hardly see your hand in front of you, let alone drive through it. It slows down traffic, it can cause accidents. But did you know when that fog is converted back into water, it fills up half a glass of water. How many of us have our vision blurred because of some problem in our life when we feel like I just can't even go forward, I can't do anything in my life, and God's saying, you realize you're letting a half a glass of water stop you. I just wanna encourage you to think about your problem and realize, God says, I know that seems so big to you, but the truth is, you're taking a half a glass of water and you've expanded in your life when the truth is it's small compared to God. I'm not trying to belittle your problems, but I'm trying to tell you God is way bigger than whatever you're facing today. So don't let that problem consume you with worry. Trust it in God's hands. It's just a half a glass of water. And here's really the crux of the message. Here's what God wants us to do instead of being worried. Look at Matthew chapter six. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Like today, I'm not worried about what to eat. I know, I'm gonna have Mexican food. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I already know. Praise God. 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run around after all these, run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom means his agenda, his plan for you on this earth. Okay, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God says, if you'll seek after me, I will solve all the problems you have. So the answer is not to solve your problems, it's to seek after God and let him solve your problems. If you'll just put God first. And then it says this, therefore, so the question is, why is therefore there? What's it therefore, right? Why did God have this little hinge? So he says, seek first. And we always separate these verses for some reason, but they go together. He says, seek first the kingdom. Therefore, do not worry. Oh, okay. So that means either I'm seeking God or I'm worried. If I'm worried, I'm not seeking God. If I'm seeking God, I'm not worried. Did you catch that? Which one are you doing in your life? Are you seeking God or are you worried? Because you can't do both at the same time. It's one or the other. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's true, isn't it? You know, have you ever heard of a, a, like, a, like a two ton pickup or a one ton or a half ton pickup? You know what I'm talking about? What that's referring to is the amount of weight the truck, the bed of the truck can hold. So if you're in a one ton pickup, how much can you hold? You guys are smart. If you're in a two ton pickup, how much can you hold? Two ton, you got it, you're catching on. So think about this. Have you ever seen a truck that was weighed down too much? It was so weighed down that the tires were hitting the wheel well. That means they put too much tonnage in that truck. I wonder how many of us are slowed down because we're a two ton pickup, but we've borrowed a ton from tomorrow and put it in our truckload. It slows you down. Why don't you wait to pick up tomorrow's ton tomorrow and just worry about today? God says, I'll get you through the day and you let me worry about tomorrow. God's got you today. But I don't know about my retirement and I'm not sure what we're gonna do in the future and what's gonna happen when my kids are older. Why don't you let God worry about all that? You just worry about today and watch God take care of everything that you need. Now, here's the thing. Those of us who've been walking with God for a while can tend to be judgmental. We tend to kind of look down on people who are struggling with what we would call sins of the flesh. Like, oh, they're partying or they're sleeping around or they're going clubbing and they're doing the wrong things. And so typically someone who's been walking with God a little longer has dropped all that stuff off already. Haven't, haven't, if you've never did it, great, but many people did and just kind of quit doing it. And then you kind, of, you kind of tend to, I'm not saying this is right, but we tend to kind of look down and be like, oh yeah, they're doing this and doing that. But the truth is, is that we think, well, why, by doing all those things, we know that, that that hurts you and keeps you from the will of God, from pursuing God. But at the same time, C.S. Lewis talked about this, he, the great theologian. He said this, he's the guy who wrote the line, Witch in the Wardrobe, by the way, brilliant guy. He said, he said actually, the sins that, that many Christians have that keeps them out of the will of God is worry, concern, or maybe judgmentalness. You know, you're looking at other people and, and wonder why they're not doing this or doing that in their life, but you're not looking at your own life and what you're doing. So what happens is he says, both Christian is not following God's will. See, let me let you know something. The devil doesn't care what you do, just don't do the will of God. So he, you're just as ineffective whether you're out partying or whether you're sitting around worrying. Now, both can have more damaging results, I understand that. But both of those things keep you from pursuing God's plan. So I wanna challenge you before you snub your nose at someone else, oh, look at them, they're not doing what God wants. Are you doing what God wants? Are you pursuing the Lord? 
So here's the question we should all be asking to replace our worry. Here it is. God, what should I be doing with my life right now? What do you want me to pursue? Get busy pursuing the things of God and all your worries will fall to the wayside. God has you. Worry is not meant to focus our lives on. It's meant to drive us to God. The good news about your concern is it makes you cry out to God. So let go of your worries and trust the Lord today. Would you take a moment and bow your heads, every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna encourage you to do something today. I wanna encourage you to take your hands and make them palms up in your lap. With your hands, palms up, I wanna encourage you, this, this is a little prayer I do. This is taken from a Puritan prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. God, I give you my worries today. Just, just, just tell the Lord that, I give you my worries. Where do you give them? Just get specific in your mind. Lord, I give you my kids. Lord, I, I, I give you my marriage. I give you my anger. I give you my income or lack thereof. I give you my career. I give you my finances. I give you my, I give you my depression. I give you my addiction. What are you worried about? What's consuming you? Lord, I give that to you now. And God says, thank you. I'll take it. And now I give you my peace. So how do you do that? Now turn your hands over, palms down. And right now, Holy Spirit, I believe God, you are filling everyone with your power. And Lord, thank you, God. Let your Holy Spirit's power start at the top of our head and flow down over our mind first. Give us the mind of Christ. Fill us with your destiny, with your purpose, with your promises. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a good life. Lord, I fill my mind with that right now. And now I'll let your confidence and your power flow over my mind, down to my shoulders, my neck, my back to relax me, down to my arms, to my fingertips. I let your power flow through my chest, through my heart, through my stomach. Some of us could really use some calm stomachs. God, I let your peace fill my stomach. I let your peace fill my legs, all the way down to my toes. Thank you, God. I gave you my stress, and now you give me your peace. This is a beautiful prayer to practice at home, maybe in the morning, maybe at night. In fact, I sometimes pray this prayer. I say, God, your Bible tells me that you never sleep, never slumber. So Lord, I'm gonna let you stay up all night and worry about this, and I'm just gonna go to sleep with your peace. And I know by the morning, you'll give me an answer. A lot of times I wake up in the morning and I have a fresh, clear idea that God gives me of how to begin my day, what to pursue. Lord, I thank you, God, I can give you my stress and you give me your peace. Every head bowed or eye closed, have you given your life to Christ? To know Christ is to know his peace. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine, the things that keep us from heaven. Jesus paid the price for all those things and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and I to individually receive him. You can pray this prayer with us right now. We're gonna pray together across all of our campuses. Those online can pray this with us as well. Just say this prayer. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, would you just hold your hand high right now? No one's looking around. Just hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Hold it up. Thank you. Their hands going up all across our campuses right now. Praise God. Hold it high. Right here at broadcast, hold it high. Come on. Hold them high. Praise God. Those of you at Rodfield, hold that hand high. Thank you, Stone Oak. Praise God. Hold that hand high. Thank you, Portland. Hold that hand high. All the way in the back there at Padre Island. Praise God. We see your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Rockport Fulton. Hold your hand high. Praise God. We thank God for the decision you made to give your life to Christ. If you're online with us, you can let us know in the text chat. Just text my hands raised or click hand raised that you gave your life to Christ today. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you that you took care of all of our problems when Jesus went to the cross. Thank you for that, God. And Lord, we don't need to worry. We know you have us in the palm of your hand. So today we leave with peace, not with worry, but with peace, because we know our God is in control. We love you and we praise you in advance for how you're gonna answer our problems, how you're gonna take care of our needs. You always have and you always will. In your name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.